What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 117, an NFL Wednesday. Sean and I jumped right in. We talked about the locals and all of the news surrounding them. There's a lot going around right now. After that, you know what we did? We jumped in and recapped the games from last week. Then we recapped our picks from last week. As you all know, my sperm bank hit. It's probably going to go, what, 14-0 from here on out. After that, we made our picks for this week, and that's pretty much it. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, greatest website in the world. And shoot us an email if you have anything to say, SorrySports at Yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod. We will talk to you guys on Monday. All right, guys, welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here on an NFL Wednesday, recapping week two, going into week three. Hope everybody enjoyed the Monday rundown from this week. Tom, what's up? What's up, man? Uh, rough football weekend for the both of us. Well, mine wasn't on the weekend, but nonetheless, it was rough. It was rough, and it's just continued a pattern of really rough football. But It's going to get worse. It's, it's before gonna, it gets it's better. It's going to get worse, um, but you know, despite it being as bad as it's been, it, there's more storylines for both teams that we'll talk about that are actually kind of bigger than the results themselves because, you know, neither team was predicted to be a playoff team. We knew that. It was going to be an uphill battle all year for both the Jets and the Giants. But we got to go with the top storyline. I definitely out of New York, and honestly, it's been dominating the NFL headlines the last, what, almost 48 hours. The Giants have officially ended the Eli Manning era, and they are beginning the Daniel Jones era. And... To be perfectly honest with you, man, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this. And none of them really have to do with just, in general, the switch. I mean, you're a losing football team. You drafted a quarterback number six overall who you expected to step in and beat a guy. So when that's the case, you're kind of just, you know, you got to look at this whole situation, right? But here's where I'm looking at right now. In my opinion, this whole thing didn't really have anything to do with Eli versus Jones. I know Shermer's talking about, like, okay, you know, we're we're still going for the season. We got a game in Tampa. We're 0-2. And he's kind of using this whole switch almost to seem like, okay, the reason we're losing is because of our quarterback, which obviously is not true. And when we talk about the game going forward, it's uh, it was another shit show by the defense. Um the Buffalo Bills converted 12 of 15 third downs. Uh, seven of those were third and sevens or longer. But, um, you know, in a season going sideways, you, you've got to play the number six overall pick, right? At this point, I mean, I don't like the timing, and I'll talk about that in a second. But what are, what are your opinions on this when you saw the news? I think I predicted week six. I'm shocked that it was under that. I didn't think he'd really realistically even play until week eight or nine, but... I mean, I'm not surprised. Great career for Eli. Um, I'm crying for him. I'm, tears are hitting the mic. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champ. Um, ended his career with a 116 and 116 record, which I think is the. It, there's been some droughts and some down years in the last couple of years, not to all of his fault, but I think 116 and 116 pretty much perfectly describes his career in the regular season. But 
he stepped up when it counted the most. He won two Super Bowl rings. He's eight and twenty-five in his last thirty-three starts. Not all his fault. Not even half. Not even a quarter his fault. But obviously he's declined, and it's time to get a new guy in there. You're not going to run Eli out there next year. You're not going to run him out there the year after that. So it's time to move on. You're zero and two. Um, your defense is pathetic. And your offense isn't that much better. So run the guy out there. Let him, let him, you know, get his lumps. Let him make his mistakes. And next year is next year. So Roll him out there again, obviously. So, I mean, point, my thing is Eli had a great career. I'm not taking anything away from it. The guy's got two Super Bowls. No, and we're not going to talk about the, the Hall of Fame debate today. That's not, that's not what we're going to have a discussion about. Everybody has those opinions. He's the most polarizing Hall of Fame subject probably in NFL history and you know what it'll all get figured out at some point but you made a good point and you said why don't you bring him out there and let him take his lumps now the whole timing of this feels really really weird to me and I I don't like it and again it's not because it's simply Jones for Eli it's just why now and and the reason I asked that question is kind of multifolded so the first component is you're going to take on a Tampa Bay Buccaneer team that's not very good. I know they won on Thursday night in Carolina when we talk about the games from week two slate. We'll talk about that one briefly. They didn't play all that good. That's not a good team. We both picked them as our darlings out of the NFC. They're not a very good team. You're going to Tampa and then you're hosting Washington, another not very good team. I was all for Jones coming in the minute that the season was over. But at 0-2, and we've seen what's kind of transpiring in the NFC, the conference isn't all that good. It's very top-heavy. So it's it looks like it's Dallas and the Rams, and that's that's really it. So the it's at 0 2, the season's not over. So what I need to see, especially when you're playing talent that's not all that great and you should be on par with, I don't know why you're throwing in the towel right now to bring in a kid to let him take his lumps. Bring put the guy out there that you think has the best shot. And on, and it seems like Shermer really thinks that's Jones. But again, Jones can go out there and have a really good day. They still might lose by 20 with the way that this defense is playing. So again, to me, is why now? The def- the, the quarterback is not the reason you're losing the games. Eli's not helping, but he's certainly not the reason, as we know. And if the defense is going to allow Jameis Winston to look like Josh Allen and Dak Prescott in week one and two, it doesn't matter who's under center. They're going to get killed. The next point is what you and I have been arguing about at nauseum to some people throughout the entirety of this podcast when addressing the Giants quarterback situation. Okay, what changed from the time that you picked up UI's option, drafted Jones at six, and now? The leash apparently was a lot shorter on him than we initially thought. And all the talk out of training camp and the preseason was, yeah, Jones looked good, but everybody calm down. He's not going to start for us this year. Barring you know this anything severely bad happening to Manning on the field, so why is he playing? I think that's an interesting point that you make right there. So so that's it. What changed? Because there's no way that you can tell me against third and fourth stringers who are not going to be who are not in the NFL that Daniel Jones looked so good. In addition to how he played in training camp. Look that good. And Eli didn't look where you are looking at them side by side and saying, okay, we have to make this change when the defense has given up 35 points and 28 points respectively. 
What do you think about that? Because to me, that's the most interesting thing. Why did you bring him back? I know he's a franchise icon, but to do this, you're embarrassing him for a second time. Uh-huh. It doesn't make sense. If you want it, you should have done what the Jets did last year. Bring in a vet, and I know the Jets did not have you know a franchise icon at quarterback. They had Josh McCown. But you bring back Josh McCown, and you start Sam Darnold, let him take his lumps on a team that's not expected to be all that good, and you start him from week one. Josh McCown was slinging it on Monday night for Sunday night, seconds, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah, no, he, yeah, he did. And listen, that's a professional quarterback. And you could have let Eli go, explore other options if he so chose. But you say, listen, we're going to release you. We're ready to put in Jones. He's our number six pick. We're already going to have quarterback controversies and questions, which we don't want to deal with, and we don't want to put you through it. We ended the streak of your consecutive games a couple years ago. I know that wasn't Shermer and Gettleman, but it still happened under Mara's watch. So why did you bring him back to do this? Because it, it the reason that I feel so strongly about it is it's not the change. I've been saying since day one, you have a young quarterback. It is time to move on, which is why they shouldn't have drafted Saquon Barkley number two overall in 2018. It felt like 2018 was a forgive, like basically a saving grace to Eli. Basically, we were like a bouquet of flowers. We're so sorry for how we treated you in 2017, making that your fault. We fired Sherman, or, um, McAdoo and Reese, and we're giving you an opportunity to win with, with your guys, and we're going to get a top running back, and we're going to sign Odell to an extension, and we're going to sign um, Nate Solder to the highest paid uh, left tackle of all time to give you help, and the team still sucked. You don't owe him anything anymore. It's time to move on. You address that by taking Daniel Jones number six. To keep him on this roster, anoint him as the starter. Tell him all training camp and tell your fans all training camp that Eli is there to start. The season is Eli Manning's. Maybe you like the Kansas City model, according to Dave Gettleman. And after two games, when you're playing the Buccaneers and the Redskins in subsequent weeks to maybe get back to 500, you're benching him? I don't fucking understand that at all. It makes no sense. I completely agree with you um, after recapping the last couple years. But you know what's crazy? First of all, Eli Manning is an Alex Smith at that time, and Daniel Jones is not Patrick Mahomes. And you also don't have Tyreek Hill on your team, or Kareem Hunt at the time, or Damian Williams, or any of the other players that Great the Kansas point. City Chiefs have. So I, I hate that. I hated that from the beginning. That that um, Kansas Stupid City comparison, Chiefs model. Yeah. yeah. But to go back to the Giants, and you said this doesn't make any sense. Going back to the keeping of the. Um, Dominic and terrible and abusive kicker. Uh, to be honest with you, I think every move that they've made since then hasn't made any sense. I totally agree with you. And and this just kind of falls into place. I mean, and you're questioning it and you're getting upset about it, but it's like sometimes you just got to throw your hands up. And I can tell you as a Jets fan and as a Knicks fan, just embrace it because you're going to fucking lose your mind trying to figure these things out because... It doesn't make any sense. The decisions that they've made have not made any sense. How many draft picks are on this team over the past few years? And I know that's not Shermer's fault. And I know that's not the GM's fault because they were only in place for, what, since last year? This was only year. their second offseason. <clears throat> but again, all the moves they've made have yet to Very really questionable. make sense. Exactly. I mean, signing Solder to that massive contract 
He's not a he's not a highest paid in history left tackle. No, that was desperation because the former regime took uh, Eric Flowers. Of course, no, and there's a reason behind it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it makes sense. And everything that the Giants have done, and I'm not saying as a Jets fan that the Jets have done a better job. That's not the point. Clearly, they haven't. We're looking just at the Giants here. Everything that they've done over the past couple years makes no sense. And listen, I don't think the Maras are all will ever sell the team, but. I mean, from top-down ownership, since since their last Super Bowl, things seem to have got, run downhill and fast. I think you make a great point. Actually, you make a few there. Uh, first, starting with the kicker, Josh Brown. I would say it actually started when Odell headhunted Norman and Coughlin never pulled him. I think that's when this whole thing started. because That was before? Yeah, that was in 15. Okay. That was when you lost control of Odell Beckham. Because he had become this megastar from the year his rookie year, making the one-handed catch against Dallas on Sunday night. But he had dealt with some injuries. He was playing well, but he wasn't a meteor yet. He was just a great wide receiver Until blossoming. He made that catch. And he no 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 after even with the catch. I mean he was still. I mean it's like this guy. He wasn't like transcending NFL to pop culture yet. He mm-hmm. was just a great number one wide receiver, a young kid who was like, wow, the Giants hit the jackpot with this kid. No, it was the Norman situation that they lost control of him. And at that time, it was Coughlin was a dead man walking. He should have never, it, it, it should have been, that was in a week 15 game where the Giants were out of it. It should have been brought to his attention that no matter what he did, he was not coming back the next year. And because he thought he still had to fight for his job, he did everything he could to win that game, even though Odell was out of control. And he didn't sit him because he couldn't, because he was his best player. And after that, you lost control of your best player on your team. So, obviously, you go through the Odell show. In 2016, under McAdoo, first year, they make the playoffs. But you're going through the Josh, the Josh Brown bullshit of the terrible kicker at you're keeping employed after seeing all of these horrific allegations and accusations against him. And you're like, what in the fuck? Not to mention he admitted to them. Exactly. So, well, no, I was saying that they were – he admitted to them once – they had come out in the forefront, but it took like two weeks while he was still on the roster and kicking for you to finally let him go. Now they go 11 and five that year with a terrible offense, but a really good defense that was revamped that year. Okay. Finally, after that season, you have the Odell boat trip. They lose in green Bay 17. You're thinking things could be better. The offensive line is a shit show. Eli's a statue. Odell gets hurt. Their running backs get hurt. The line gets hurt. Everything's done. They win three games. You have an opportunity to draft your franchise quarterback. Well, Eli's still under Brooks for another year. That would have been fine. You pass on Darnold. You p- Baker got picked number one. You pass on Darnold. You pass on Allen. You pass on Rosen. You pass on Lamar Jackson. You draft a running back. Why? Because after the stupid benching of Eli for Geno Smith, the, Mara, who looks at Eli like a family member, says, you know what? We are. I am so sorry. We feel awful, and we're going to do everything we can to win because you're going to be our quarterback. So we're going to give you Nate Solder. We're going to give you Saquon Barkley. We're going to sign Odell to an extension. They're going to do all of these things. We didn't sign Odell to trade Odell. Well, you, you trade him after a year, okay? You, you give Nate Solder the money. You, you're constantly turning over every single thing. You let Landon Collins go. And I whatever about Landon Collins, but still, that's a great defensive player that you let go. You cut or you trade Damon Harrison, Snacks Harrison, trade Eli Apple. You're making all these terrible moves that I get those guys were not going to be a core group of a championship team, but you're just gutting the whole thing to put your blueprint on it. And so far, none of it's worked. 
on the defensive or offensive side of the ball other than Saquon, who's a megastar because there was just no way you weren't going to hit with him. But you did not address the elephant in the room, and that's why I think that the third point of contention here is John Mara. John Mara, because of his love for Eli Manning, remember, Eli Manning was the last draft pick that his father ever made. And Ernie Accorsi, who was in that draft room, said he is going to win you championships. And he did. And in football, you know, you cannot be sentimental. You have to make moves. And it's there is no beautiful way to get rid of a franchise icon. We saw the Jets let Joe Namath go to the Rams. We Fucking Johnny Unitas finished with the San Diego Chargers. The 49ers shipped Montana to Kansas City. It never works. You can't do it. The Giants cut Phil Sims. Who won him a Super Bowl and was the starter for most of the season on the second one in ninety? Manning. Yeah, exactly. You have to. You cannot be sentimental in football. And Mara's been thinking with his heart a lot more than with his head. And that's why I've been telling you up and down the 2018 season. John Mara, when he hired Gettleman and Shermer, said, "You can do whatever you want, but Eli, Eli is going to be our starter." which is such a dereliction of duty. And after a bad year, you can let him go. He's got to start all his games. You can let him go. We saw CeCe Sabathia finish, and it's probably going to be his final home start as the Yankee tonight with a nice send-off in a game they were losing 2 nothing. They can come back. It doesn't matter. In baseball, you can do that. In basketball, Dwayne Wade can go play 30 minutes. Kobe can chuck you know 45 shots a game on a bad team, and nobody's care because they're there to see them. You can't do it in football. It doesn't work. So you had an opportunity to let Eli go. You draft Daniel Jones number six overall. And you bring Eli back and tell everybody he's going to be the starter. What the hell changed in such a short amount of time? I don't understand it, dude. I really don't. Finally, let's just talk about the quarterback situation here now that the move was made. I don't really know what more Daniel Jones is going to do other than more than Eli. He's obviously a lot more mobile. You can run the RPOs. Shermer's had success with more mobile quarterbacks rolling them out. Obviously, you can't do that with Eli. And he can throw on the run. And he can throw on the run. And he's got a bigger arm at this point in his career than Eli does. But just like Eli, he has no wide receivers to throw the ball to. Benny Fowler, Corey Latimer, this guy, um, Gore, who was catching the ball, had a couple catches last week. I I don't think Slayton's back. I know for a fact that um, Shepard's not playing. So you've got Saquon. And isn't Ingram a little dinged up? Too? Ingram's a little dinged up. He, he's your tight end. He's probably your best wide, He's best, your, your best option right now. And that's the other thing. Why are you bringing him in in a, in a situation where he's not set up to succeed? And the defense is still getting gashed. I mean, they made Cole Beasley, former Cowboy great. There you go, Will. They made him look like Jerry Rice on Sunday. I mean, there were people that was no nowhere near him. So I just look at the whole thing and I say, I'm excited to see Jones play. I was preparing this season at some point to see Jones play. It's time to move on. Yes, I am sentimental to Eli. He was a franchise quarterback that won me two Super Bowls, but that is not the point. The point of the matter is it's been time to move on for a while. They've just prolonged this whole stupid process. And now to do it two games in when you're facing two mediocre teams when the season's not over, it just seems like they're using Eli as the scapegoat, and it sucks. Well, this was probably isn't the first time they've used Eli as the scapegoat. Hopefully, and for his sake, it's the last. But listen, let's not try and make sense out of the unsensible here. Because, again, we just recapped since Odell tried to headbutt Josh Norman out there. What the Giants have done made no sense. Now, the final question I have for you, and this is... This hasn't really been floated out there that much, but I think it's worth discussing briefly, and I'll tell you why. 
I Shermer just put his job on the line by making this move. Because now you have Daniel Jones for 14 games. And you're bringing him in when the pressure's on to win. He's coming in expected to win. Not in a cushy situation when the season's already over and he can take his lumps and you know go through the growing pains that rookie quarterbacks do. No, 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 no. At 0-2, with two mediocre opponents up on your schedule next, he's going to be expected to win these games. And if he falls flat on his face and is the reason, unlike Eli was, like let's say the defense actually gets their shit together and plays a good game. And Jones can't throw the ball to anybody and he looks awful and he's fumbling left and right. And that's a game that you look at, oh shit, it was 16 to 12, you know, 16 to 10. We could have won that game, you know, and that's, a, that's you know, a question up for debate. But let's just say, for de- for sake of argument, that this move puts Shermer's job in the hot seat and says, okay, this is the guy that I want playing quarterback. This is the guy that Gettleman picked at number six. And after 14 games, if the defense doesn't get better and it's still, you know, it, they're like completely inept the line isn't much better jones looks lost and wide receivers and guys that you brought in as free agent decisions because remember this whole roster now is basically gettleman's and they don't play well and you're going through another three and 14 or another you know three and 13 team is it out of the realm of possibility that marriage just cleans house again it's not what the Giants have done, but we just saw what the Arizona Cardinals did. They trade, and that's not a team you want to compare yourselves to. Unfortunately, but they, in that boat right they now. moved up in 2018 to draft Josh Rosen. And he actually played, I thought, okay. Given the circumstances. Given the circumstances. Now, obviously, they were they had the worst record in the league, but I thought he showed composure well, and he poison. Had, he had a worse offensive line than the Giants yeah. do right now, and he probably had... David Johnson was in and out of the lineup all year. He had nothing. He he had just as many weapons. And so. in a league of really bad teams, they were the worst. And all of a sudden, Kyler Murray decides that he's going to go number one, or he's going to he's going to go into the draft. And all this talk is he's going to go number one. And then you bring in a college coach that's never coached in the NFL because he said that he liked, he really loved Kyler, and if given the possibility or opportunity, rather, he would draft him number one. And so within a year, they completely changed their plan because this once in a lifetime, I mean, we use that as such a stupid cliche, but this great quarterback prospect that, you know, is so tempting that you've got to have, yeah, Rosen could be a nice quarterback, but is he, is, does he have the potential of a Kyler Murray? No. So they just, they ship out the guy that they just drafted in the top 10 to Miami so they could draft Murray. Is it out of the realm of possibility that if the Giants season goes so fucking sideways and Jones looks lost and Shermer can't orchestrate a game plan and every and the defense is getting gouged and every move that Gettleman made seemed to have not worked, is there a chance that Mara just says, you know what, I can't believe I'm doing this again two years later after McAdoo and Reese, but two is available, we're drafting second, and... Fuck it. We just I need to bring in guys. Do you think that's out of the realm of possibility or do not you see there's all. no way that's happening? No, no, of course not. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities at all. I mean, you see it now, aside from up in New England, there's so much turnover in the NFL. I've seen so many head coaches as a New York Jets fan. And you're just wait, trying to find that one guy that's going to stick and it's usually a guy that's with his quarterback. So I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities at all. I would actually say, given the way the Giants look like they're playing right now, there's a lot higher chance that, that happens than the Giants go on to go 8-8 eight and eight or have a decent season. 
Yeah, I agree. And that's, again, like, I just... It's depressing, but it's the world we live in, you're man. Put, you're putting pressure on this kid when the whole thing was supposed to be about... Because, again, if you're going to put pressure on him, you should have started week one, and it just doesn't make any sense. And I, I honestly, I just don't... I I've, I saw the, I saw him in preseason, but again, you said it. There's probably kids he played against down in the ACC in college that were better than what he was playing against in the in the preseason. I just don't think he's ready. Well, and that's the thing. Even if he is ready, is he better than what you have? And is the what you have the reason you're losing football games? Mm, no. And why would you put pressure on Your this kid? Why would you put? It's so bad. But you know what? If you if let's look at it, you know, glass like a, a drop full. Hey, you're gonna be down by 20 points. He's gonna get a lot of opportunities to throw the football. I'm. I, I mean, and lost in all of this as a Giants fan, I am excited to see who I hope to be the next franchise quarterback of the of my team. I am just like you were with Darnold last year. You knew it was going to be a rough season, but you were like, you know what? I'm watching a guy who hopefully I'm going to be watching for the next 10 to 15 years. And there were some fun moments, week one. Yeah. A so couple others. That's, so. that's what I'm saying. He's going to go through his growing pains. Sammy boy, get better, baby boy. <laughs> he is, is going to go through his growing pains. He is a rookie. The team around him is not all that good. But I want to see, the. I want to see. to be honest, what I saw from Eli in 04. He, didn't, he won one out of his seven starts, but... Clearly, he had composure. He knew how to get up after getting killed. Remember that game against the Ravens when Rex Ryan basically had to call off the dogs because they thought he was going to kill him. And he got back, and the next year they were an eleven and five team. Yeah, not to mention they pulled they pulled uh, Kurt Warner in, in in playoff contention. Yeah, they were five and four that year. Now it's a little different because Warner, although he was a Hall of Famer and a really good quarterback, he was not a Giants icon. No, and I understand all that. But if we're looking at a present day. That's a even weirder situation to pull a starting quarterback. It was and it wasn't. I think that at that point it was okay. You literally draft. You traded up to get this kid number one. Kurt Warner is a stopgap quarterback at this point in his career. He's not. He there was no way he was going to be the Giants' quarterback for the next couple of years. Well, he did turn it back around though. I mean, no, in Arizona, Arizona to do Super Bowl. But remember, he was then supposed to do the same thing with Matt Leinart that he did with Eli. It just happened that Leinart was so completely inept and hurt all the time that. Before you knew it, he had to start, and actually, the team around him turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, but no, I don't. I see the similarities and the parallels to draw. It's not quite the same thing though, because there was no fan base. There was no nobody in the fan base other than just the people who were like, "Hey, we're in the playoffs." But once they switched over to Eli, it was like, "Okay, this is the guy that we moved up to. He's a Manning." We, we want to see him play. We don't need to see Kurt Warner play anymore. And that was not a Super Bowl team. If you remember, I think when they made that move, the Eagles were 9-0. and Yeah. Something no, like know. that. So it's not quite the same thing. But anyway, that's enough on that. It was a huge story. Talking about the game, the Giants lost 28-14. The defense absolutely sucks. It's a train wreck. It's awful. Eli didn't do much. They had for the second straight week... They lead off the game with a very impressive drive. They didn't throw the ball once. There were some nice gimmick plays. Um, Barkley looked unstoppable. Uh, the defense got a third, a three and out on their first one, and then they couldn't stop Buffalo for the life of them. I got to tell you, I know the Bills, the jury's out because they've beaten the Jets and the Giants, both at MetLife. Um, but Josh Allen looks really good, and that defense could fly. They definitely have an excellent defense. I want to see Josh Allen play a better team. I believe they are favored this week. They're playing Cincinnati. So we're going to have to wait another week to see them play a halfway decent team. But, yeah, no, I can't say that you got to play the games on the schedule in front of you, and the Bills so far have looked really good. They have. Um, I give them a lot of credit because, you know, they are winning 
partially because the t- talent they've played or lack thereof is is so bad. But to win their first two road games, and for Josh Allen, he I tell you, man, he's a dual threat. He doesn't get talked about like Mahomes or Lamar or even Kyler. And but I tell you what, this guy's fucking good. He has an arm on him. He's gotten a little more accurate, and he really is a pain in the ass to try to cover when he rolls out of the pocket. Yeah, I mean, for him, I just like to stop seeing him take so many chances. He dives head first a little too much for my taste. But hey, he's a young guy, and he's just running. I think he'll clean that up. There. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the Giants suck. The Bills look pretty decent. Um, Again, we, we recap the entire Eli Daniel Jones thing. Let's move on to uh, – let's do a quick one because I don't want to talk about this for very long. Well, first we have to talk about Darnold. So he was out. So when we made our picks last week, the news of his mononucleosis had not come out yet. I don't think it would have mattered, but um, Trevor Simeon also got hurt, which was pretty bad. But, yeah, yeah Darnold, um, according to you, only lost two pounds. And according to a report from, I believe, Bleacher Report, I don't know who originally had it, he may come back by week five. I'll clean it up for you. So he did an interview on the Michael K show in New York yesterday, about 25 minute phoner. And, uh, he, he was the one that threw out, you know, he hopes to be ready by week five. That's after their bye week. He did. He said he only lost a couple pounds. The worst of it really only lasted four days. Um, he had strep throat in addition to mono said he still has no idea how he got it all the jokes he heard all of them but he's back in the building uh he was there yesterday uh tuesday so he is hopefully it's not official but he said his timeline of what based off what the doctors told him week five looks like a possibility so based off of that you got to feel i guess good because again even in a lost season this guy's got to play this is his second year in the league. He missed four games last year. The guy's got to play, take his lumps on a you bad like team. You like to think that he would have made that game a little bit more interesting had he been in the lineup. I, I would have. But honestly, I thought the game still could have been something with Semyon, but he got hurt so early, it was over before it even started. Now, do we think that was a dirty hit by, I believe, Garrett, where he just straight up ripped the ankle off of him, basically? Do I think it was? Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, no. And he was going after him all night because he had already gotten called for a roughing the passer call. And the other guy knocked his helmet off and went after him. I like that, having your quarterbacks back. Um, I forgot the guy's name that came in. but Luke Falk. Luke Falk. And they signed another guy, a former Miami Dolphin. That's really, really reassuring, the fact that he was cut from the Miami Dolphins. Um, that's, that's not going to do much for me. But he was basically just – and he made a couple of good throws. I saw one or two good throws to Robbie Anderson. Um, but – he literally was basically told to turn around and hand the ball to Le'Veon. There was there was actually a point where they were running the Le- the Wildcat with Le'Veon, and I could see how that was going to go. Terrible game all around. Odell Beckham had a one-handed catch. I can't really evaluate the Browns based off that because the Jets' defense sucked as well. Um, Baker made some good throws, but he also made some bad decisions. All in all, I turned off the game in like the s- second and a half quarter, probably a little bit after halftime. I don't even know why I watched that long. I put on succession, cuddled up in my bed with my dog and uh, Sadie. Shout out to Sadie. And, um, yeah, I cried a little bit. I don't blame you. I sat through I wore a Jets quarter zip to work. Everybody was talking shit. I said, you got to rep the squad. You know, but. I think the only thing worse than their performance was those black jerseys. Horrible. I still like them better than the old ones, man. Oh. I'm I'm not getting off that mountaintop. I, I I hate the old jerseys. The old old throwbacks were cool, but you know I don't know the green and white. It's it's tough 
when you have those colors. Well, I don't know what the black jerseys. There's nothing about the Jets that in their history that have had the black jerseys, but you know your team's bad when you're talking about the jerseys instead of the yes. <laughs> instead of everything. Well, soon Sam Darnold and. Real quick, did you make anything from the benching of Jamal Adams towards the end of the game there after a couple penalties from Greg Williams? Um, well, they had that whole he unfollowed so-and-so on Twitter and all that bullshit. No, I mean, this new thing, you got the Jalen Ramsey thing going down in, um, in Jacksonville, which is really interesting because he actually got in a fight with the head coach. These, I mean, it's almost like I feel like we're in the NBA with people trying to force their way out of town. And I get it. He's upset that, you know, that the play that the play on the field is not the way he wanted it to be, but you're a third year player, still on your rookie deal. Let's relax. I'm much more interested in the Tremaine Johnson benching because he fucking blows. He's really bad. Okay, we've had enough negative talk. Our teams are horrible. Let's start with uh, all the other teams in the league that. And there were a lot of storylines from week two, dude. This weekend was pretty nuts. We'll start on the Thursday night game. The Buccaneers actually beat the Panthers 20-14 to 14 on Another Thursday night. terrible game to watch. Awful. And yet somehow it was better than the Packers-Bears uh, the week before. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> There's more points scored, a little bit more interesting. Jameis looked serviceable. Um, Peyton Barber looked like he was running with his hair on fire. I guess Ronald Jones, with them talking him up, nipped him, nipped him in the heels a little bit. Uh, from the Panthers' side... I don't know, man. Is Cam done? Like, there was probably three or four occasions where he threw a pass and there wasn't, not not even a Panther, there wasn't even a player within five yards. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? He rushed for negative two yards. And they said that he has a foot or an ankle going right now. But, I mean, honestly, if he keeps playing like this, I don't think he's, I don't think he's in the league next year. Wow, that's that's strong. Well, they Dude, did. Did you watch him play? Oh, he was horrible. He was horrible. They did uh, list him as questionable this week with his uh, foot injury. Remember, he suffered that in the I think it was week two or three of the preseason at New England. Now, if your shoulder is you're working out the kinks in your shoulder and you don't have a a healthy foot, that's recipe for a very inaccurate quarterback. Start the guy out of West Virginia. Will Greer? Well, he might play. Um. Either way, that was a really tough one to watch. We've got one more bad Thursday night game this week before they start getting better. But, um, you know, it's football. We still watch. But I didn't take much out of uh, Tampa Bay. You know, they're playing the Giants this week, and I don't know what to think of them. They're, that, they, didn't, they did not do anything for me. I felt very similar to them about how I felt about the Browns on Monday. I, I don't know what to think of them. I mean, they were – Jury is still way out. Yeah, they, there's a lot of flaws on that team. Going to the Sunday slate – Ravens beat the Cardinals in a fun game, 23-17. Lamar had another picks. day. Yeah, Lamar had another day. Um, Kyler played well again. Um, very poor game managing by uh, Kingsbury. They've settled for three field goals. But it looked like, you know what it looked like? It looked like a sub-500 college coach that's playing in the, or that's coaching in the NFL for the first time. I agree with you, time. but it's weird because that's not his MO. He's usually like a balls-to-the-wall kind of guy, and he makes a decision – you know, he goes a little too far instead of holding back. So that's what I found a little interesting is that maybe he's got the yips a little bit. Maybe he's a little nervous and he was just trying to put points on the board. But clearly it um, it didn't help them with a 23-17 to score in a very winnable game, which I was really rooting for the Cardinals hard. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, that, that was a fun game because Lamar had a Lamar game. Hollywood Brown had another, his second game in the league. He just looked spectacular. But they kind of allowed... 
Arizona to stay in that game. And we've seen Arizona now two weeks in a row. They came back and tied Detroit in week one, and they only lost by six on the road to a team that was setting the world on fire after his performance week one in Miami. This was a fun game because it's two of the new age quarterbacks, right? Two of the guys that you expect to be seeing in the league for a long time, putting up prolific numbers as dual threats and just running these college style offenses that have now worked to a masterpiece in the pros. Um, Baltimore's two and zero. Do you think they're they're one of the top teams in the A? Are they a legitimate Super Bowl contender in the AFC? Do you think? I wouldn't go that far ahead. They're definitely going to win their division, especially with the news coming out of Pittsburgh that we'll talk about in a little bit. But I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. There's so many other good teams. Are you ready to give Matty PP some uh, some credit? No, the Chargers got punked. I don't know what the hell happened in that game. Rivers looked terrible. Um, Eckler had yet another good game, but it just didn't look like they could get any offense going against a great Matt EP defense. Doesn't sound like that was said with a lot of conviction. That was sarcasm, that my one? friend. Yeah. That was sarcasm. Um, Stafford continues to disappoint for about the 20th year in a row. I don't know how long he's been in the league, but it feels like that. I can honestly say I probably watched about 10 seconds of this game. Yeah, there was times where on red zone, they were like, yeah, we're not showing you any of the Chargers Lions highlights cuz there aren't any. And yeah. it was like that sounds about right. Well, you know it's not a good sign. The refs did take this game up. away from the Chargers though. There were some just egregiously bad calls. Shit happens, man. I know. They didn't play well, but they had chances to win that game that were taken away from them and we'll talk about the refs plenty as the as the show goes on. Tom you had a sperm, sperm bang pick bang. of the week. Pick of Go the week. Right. It only took one week, ladies and gentlemen, for me to cash in, and I'm really feeling this Colts team, and I really don't like this Tennessee Titans team, and the Colts were a underdog in this game. I forgot the spread, but they covered it because they won this game 19-17. to These Colts are something else. I like them in the AFC. Vinatieri, though, is a he's missing kicks left and right. He missed two more extra points on Sunday, dude. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's the a, guy. That's a, that's I think a scary the guy's, thing. I think the guy's like forty six. He's forty five. Yeah, forty five. I mean, at some point, unless you're Tom Brady, it goes for everybody, I guess, because Vinatieri is the greatest kicker of all time. Well, we saw Sebastian Janikowski lose it really fast too. Like he was still really good until he was like forty four, and then all of a sudden he just couldn't make anything, and that would scare me because if they play a lot of close games, which I think they're going to. Set plays well. The offensive line is keeping them upright. They're getting some nice running with uh, Sheldon Mack. Um, and, uh, and, you the know, defense the defense looks, looks really good. But they're going to play a lot of close games, and you're not you, – you could lose some close games. Ask the Bears if you have kicking problems. And it's weird to talk about arguably – not arguably even the best kicker of all time, most clutch kicker for sure, being the problem. But so far, he is a problem. But good pick by you, buddy. You're uh, one you. and one with your sperm bank pick of the week in 2019. Very exciting. Um, the Titans are basically who I thought they were. They're very mediocre. They won week one. They kind of they just destroyed the Browns. They punked the Browns. They come back at home and just looked like an average football team, which is really what they are. Unfortunately, we have to talk about this game. There's really not much to say other than the, the Patriots, Patriots wanted to get Antonio Brown the ball as much and as quickly as possible, and good thing they got early. to play the Miami Dolphins. Absolutely. I think he caught four balls for about 50 yards and a touchdown. Um he looked fine. Clearly doesn't know the route tree, but still him and Tom Brady had a little bit of a connection. No talking about off-field stuff until we know the facts with Antonio Brown. We're just going to talk about the on-field stuff because we don't want to get anything wrong and disrespect anybody. 
I mean, what can you say? The Patriots played the Dolphins. They're the Patriots. They're the Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins traded Mika Fitzpatrick. I don't know who's left on that team. I think Xavier Howard is the only guy on the team left that anybody would want. I think he'll be gone probably by midseason. Kenyon Drake could get moved too. Kenyon Drake as well. Go roll tide. That's right. Um, and yeah, I mean, aside from Rosen, you really don't have any other assets. And there. he's still not going to start this week. Fitzpatrick was named the starter again. Now, real quick, do you think we, we can talk about it with the Steelers too, but we'll just talk about it from the return that they got. I thought they got a really good return for Minka Fitzpatrick. He was drafted in the first round in 2018, and you got a first rounder for him. I think that's a very fair value for for a guy Didn't they that get you're a not first winning. And with. A fifth? Just a first. Just a first? I mean, you're breaking even there. Yeah, but you know what? With Pittsburgh's issues, that might turn out to be a good pick. And, and you know, we'll talk about Pittsburgh's side of it in a sec. But to be honest with you, I thought that was a really good return for Miami. You And, and you didn't drag it out. He wanted to leave. You were intentionally trying to lose. Get him out of there. Don't let him ruin anything. No, listen. Uh, get good nothing, value for him. Nothing to complain about, but I will say this about Miami. This is a level of tanking that I've never seen before in the NFL. That's a good point because, like, we've seen the Lions go 0-16. We saw the Browns go 0-16. But the they thing, didn't unload. No, but the problem with those teams were, like, they just were that bad. They weren't trying to lose. They were just that bad. This team is actively trying to lose football mm-hmm. games, which is hard to do in football because if you play half effort, you're going to get killed. Yep. I, all the guys on the field, obviously we argue about this in the NBA all the time. They are trying on the field, but they're not putting anybody out there that is giving them a chance to win. And they look no, absolutely defeated. And of course you're professionals. I feel, I feel bad for Flores coming out of new England, but if I were him, I'd say, listen, treat every single game as an audition. You could get a, you could get a spot on another team or we could hold on to you as we get better. Just play your ass off because this is literally an audition for you guys. Yeah. Treat it like the preseason. That's a, that's a good point. Yep. And, you know, they, they're not stupid. They know that the system is set up for them to, to try to lose. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if they have any players and the, then the, the guys that they do have that are worth anything, they're trading off and getting decent value for. All right. 49ers. They crush the Bengals. Are the 49ers who are 2-0 and right now for real. 2 and 0 on the road, I believe. Yeah. Well, they beat they they beat up Tampa Bay and then they beat up Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati held their own with Seattle and Tampa Bay it, uh, just beat up on the Panthers. So, ah, uh, beat up. They beat, they beat the Panthers. Points. Are they for real? No. Okay. I don't think so either, but their defense definitely looks significantly better than last year. Yeah. And Jimmy G is starting to raise some eyebrows. Maybe he is as talented as he is good-looking. Well, they certainly hope so because they gave him a lot of years and a lot of money to do that. And after last year when he got hurt in week three uh, and just a disastrous preseason, um, he looks like he's worked out the kinks and it's good to do that against the Buccaneers and the Bengals. I was kind of disappointed in the Bengals because they did hold their own. They looked like they really played for their head coach, Zach Taylor. But at the end of the day, we know this in the NFL and I should have been smarter when looking at it. You, you talent just wins out and the Bengals don't have much of it. They have enough to be frisky at times, but that's not a good football team. And if the 49ers are going to hang in this NFC that all of a sudden looks very wide open, um they they've done a good job thus far. And now they get to go home. Absolutely. They're already 2 and 0 on the road. Texans beat the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew gave it his best comeback kid effort, and then they took the ball out of his hands on the two-point yeah, conversion. Yeah, what the hell was that? For Leonard Fournette to get stuffed, and they almost carried him to the other fucking sideline. I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, listen, your guy is clearly hot. He's seeing the field well. He's throwing dimes out there. And then you take the ball out of his hands. And listen, I know Fournette's a big, giant back, and he can knock guys over and whatever you want to say. But, I mean, f- like, give him an audible or something out there. I, I love that guy, Minshew. How could you not? He's so fun to watch. He's got the mustache. Um in that wide open air raid offense that Mike Leach has out in Washington State. He was going to go to Alabama, you know that? Yeah, I do. And wow. uh, then uh, never would have played it down. There were, there were two guys named Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa that were on the roster. And he's like, ah, I'll go somewhere else. All for the best. And um, the biggest takeaway from that game, though, was the blow up between Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey comes screaming his head off about why they he didn't let them go for two. And uh, Marone's like, don't tell me how to coach. And, of course, Marone said all the cliche things afterwards. We're going to keep it in-house, and I don't remember what it was about and all that. Jalen Ramsey wants to be traded. He requested a trade. I believe it was Monday night or Tuesday. And that's a situation that I talked about heading into this year. Now, I didn't expect Foles to get hurt, but there's toxicity on that team. And remember, last year went so bad for so long and so quickly that the defense, you know, these are guys that – can lose their minds kind of quickly and lose inspiration. Miles Jack, you know, he got uh, tossed from the week one game against Kansas City for headhunting. And then now you have Jalen Ramsey just chirping. And if I were them, I would trade him in a second. I know that they've asked for a first. They've asked for a first and a third. They've apparently been offered a first and a fifth from somebody. If I were them, I would do it now. Yeah, you want to get as much as you can in return, but for every day that that guy's on that team causing havoc and being in, you know, an intolerant pain in the ass, no matter how good he is, that team still has a lot of questions. And I love Minshew, but I don't know how good he's going to be. That play call at the end of the game was bad. Um, I would get him out of there real quick. What do you think? I'm in agreement with you, but I think they should wait on the better offer. Maybe they can actually figure this out in-house. Probably not with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, but... Maybe they'll rally around Minshew and and figure this out. I mean, it seems like the AFC South is kind of wide open. No, it is, and I think it was that way anyway, even with Foles. But now, I mean, this is there. You're gonna have a chance where you know you could lose this locker room fast, and Jalen Ramsey. You after think, what happened last year, you don't want to do that again this year. I think he lost the locker room more by not putting the ball in Gardner's hands on that last play than he did to fight with Jalen Ramsey because that's a divisional opponent right there. That's the team that's the perennial favorite to win the AFC South and you have a chance to beat them on the road and you lay down and give the ball to Leonard Fournette. That's not the best play you could have drawn up, especially with Gardner that hot. I know the guys knew, but I bet you he would have made it. He just led you down the field. Yeah. He would have given you a better chance than that. Agreed. All right. NFC North game Packers for the second straight week played a divisional game. This one was at home. They beat the Vikings 21, 16 old captain Kirk cousins. Awful. Awful. And you know what? Their defense looks great. Both of the defense. I was just going to say, though, so Rodgers gets off to this great start, and he's slinging touchdown passes, and then he looks out of sync. They tried to give that game to Minnesota. Like, it was 21-0, and it didn't go to red zone for a bit. And I was like, oh, I guess Green Bay is just shitting on him. And, like, just nothing happened for a while, and then the Vikings scored a couple times, and Cousins couldn't play. It was, it was not good. And then you saw the first blow up. Not blow up, but the first uh, on you know sideline interaction, we'll call it, between Rodgers and Lafleur, arguing with the play call, and when it got you know a pretty 
pretty pedestrian out there for a while and, and um, you know, very uninspiring drives. There were questions about this relationship to begin with. I'm not going to go crazy about it. They are, despite two not great performances, they are 2-0. and And winning cures all of that. So what did you take away from this game, you know, aside from Cousins, you know, being Cousins? I just think that the Packers still have a little bit of a little bit of the work up the kinks a little bit. Um, their defense looked great. They did a really good job with the personnel on the defense this off season. And then again, I, I you know you told me not to talk about him. I'm going to go back to Kirk Cousins. It's like playing fucking hot potato with him. When you try and hand him a win, he just tosses it right back to you. When you try and give him a playoff spot, he just tosses it right back to you. This guy's not a winner. Period. He was your MVP last year. That goes to show how smart you are. Hey, listen, I've I've eaten enough shit for that, and I've fed myself plenty of shit to talk about that. I'm done talking about he was my MVP. Uh, he wasn't for this year. It's a new season. We're not. I'm not bringing up your sperm bank picks every week either. So because you know when I started trying, I was dumb. Okay, that's the dumbest argument I've ever heard. It's a fact. It's well, that says more about you, and now you're not taking things seriously. I need your priorities. I had a lot on my plate. I'm the CEO. Oh, please. All right, you can make four picks a week and one of them be serious. Cowboys-Redskins. Well, this game was a lot closer than it should have been, but again, Dak looked great. It didn't feel that close. No, no, no. The Redskins made a little bit of a comeback at the end. Um, the Redskins suck. Dak looked really, really good. They're going to have to back up the Brinks of truck. Four, of, uh, 30. They're going to have to back up the Brinks truck for him. Unfortunately, they lost Michael Gallup for about four to six weeks with a torn meniscus, but... An old friend of the Jets, D. Smith, actually caught a touchdown, a deep ball, and and good for them. They're hosting Miami. This it pissed week. me off. Yeah, no, I know. And the that's spread on that right game, there. I believe, is twenty-one. So that's an interesting game right there. I'm definitely not picking that one. It's a little too high for my taste. Um, but yeah, good job by the Cowboys. Got to play who's on the schedule in front of you. Can't wait to see you play a real team. Can't wait for you to lose in the second round of the playoffs this year. I'm gonna surprise you with my take on this. Um. Obviously, the Washington defense is almost as bad as the Giants defense and competent, good starting NFL quarterbacks that people believe can win playoff games and Super Bowls should be able to put up the numbers he's put up. However, I will say this. He looks fucking great. And if I were a Cowboy fan, I would get very excited. I still don't know what he is in the pressure time, but we're not there yet. We're only going off of 2019 and his first two games, and it looks like it's going to be his first three games. What I'm taking most away from the Cowboys is in addition to how great he looks and the skill position guys that he has at his disposal to make him look as good as he's looked. That offensive line is back. That offensive line is strong. It's nasty. It's really allowing Zeke and Dak to do what they do, open it up a little bit more at certain times, and the defense is flying around. I like that team a lot. I picked them to be the wild card team out of the East um, or out of the NFC. I did think that they could win a playoff game or two. If they play like this, they, they might be the best team in the in the conference, uh, right up there with the Rams. Yeah, I'm hoping that they lose in well, of terrible fashion. Of course, we're both we are. hoping that. Of but course. again, if we're trying to be by you know, objective, objective, whatever you want to say. Yeah, the Cowboys. I can't take good. anything away from them. They, you, no matter who your opponent is, you still have to play well, and they've played very well. Absolutely, uh, pay the man. That's what I have to say about Dak. All right, the Seahawks beat the Steelers in a close one, 28-26. Roethlisberger got a boo-boo, and he is out for the year. Uh, what happened to his a elbow? boo-boo? <laughs> he, uh, they didn't – at least I didn't see what it was. Yeah, I know I it's not the it. UCL. But he has, he has surgery nonetheless. He has, like, something torn in his elbow. 
Um, so he's out for the so year. So he's done for the year. He can't throw. Mason Rudolph will be starting. He Go looked, Pokes. He looked okay. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. He looked okay. Yeah, no, I think a, another week integrated into this offense with a design and around his skill set a little more than Ben's. I think he's going to be fine. I think he'll be more than serviceable. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. James Conner comes out of that game with a knee, but he said he's good to go. He's fine. Um... They did trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, which you touched upon earlier. What does that do for this defense? I think it locks it up. He's a really good safety. Definitely a ball hawk as does well. That, does that salvage a season? Or is it going to be totally off Mason Rudolph? I mean, obviously the quarterback's more important than the safety position. Um, but I, I think that I think that they end up... I'm looking more towards... maybe a, I, We were looking at that wild card I'd position. I'd like him to win the division. No, and of course I did too, but Big Ben was starting then. The Ravens look really good right now. Obviously, they played nobody. I think we were we were literally digging for a second wild card team. I think we might have just found it in Pittsburgh and just flip flop them. Yeah, we're gonna find out. I mean, they're they have a lot of concerns, uh, but I know they like Rudolph. That's why they took him out of Oklahoma State. Go Pokes! And if he can play well and and just keep the game under control, make some throws. They they also have a lot. And listen, I know AB's gone and Le'Veon Bell's gone, but they have a lot of good wide receivers. Dante Moncrief is dead. He's had 15 billion drops over the last two weeks. But, I mean, they have Samuels. They obviously have Juju and a few others down there that will definitely, fantasy-wise, I would pick them up if you have spots on your roster, and they will definitely make some noise and catch a few touchdowns. What do we look at the Seahawks? They're 2-0, and and they've won two close games, one at home, one on the road. Defense looks pretty good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know they've won. What, did they win both games on the road? No, no. The first one was home. First one was Cincinnati home, almost beat them. Second one was in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I don't know what to think about this team yet. I need more time. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're one of those teams that you can kind of feel. I kind of look at them the same way I look at San Francisco, uh, the same division. Um, they easily could have lost to a very inferior Cincinnati team. And then they go to Pittsburgh, but they win a game where Pittsburgh was feisty, and that's still a good team, and they have a home field advantage, and you did enough to survive. So I give them credit. Is Roethlisberger done? Do you think he's done? I shat on him last week, and I had my things to say about him, but I obviously you hate to see guys like that, iconic players, I think get hurt. He's, I think he's going to try and come back. Not a good guy, Ben Roethlisberger. No. So. Um, I think he tries to come back, but it's never the same, and he's done. Yeah, I, I think especially if Rudolph plays well. Let's just say just looking at him, he's not on the Tom Brady diet, and I'm not in the world's best shape myself. He can say probably say the same thing about me, but I'm not a professional quarterback. That's a fair point. But Roethlisberger's been like this his whole career, and he's been very good at, for most of it, but not as much lately, which is obviously what I ranted about last week. Chiefs go to Oakland and win 28-10. To be honest, the Raiders were winning this game 10 nothing, and I was like, oh, my God, this— Maybe the Raiders are actually going to keep this game close. I never expected them to and win. Then you realize Patrick and then, Mahomes and then the second quarter right? happened. Yeah. Um, holy shit. The, the throws this guy makes. It sounds like no shit, Sean. But you watch this guy, and he's the first quarterback in a long time. I mean, Brady is just so precise. He's probably the first quarterback since when Rodgers was winning an MVP in 2011 where I look at and I just say, wow, 15 times a game. Yeah, absolutely. And... The Chiefs are really good, and listen, I don't. Again, I said it last week when they won their first game. I don't think the Raiders are as bad as everybody says they are. 
No, they laid down and died after that, but, you know, you're not beating Mahomes. Who was that wide receiver, Robinson, for Kansas City that just had an absolute field day? I'd well, never yeah, heard there, was, there was two wide receivers, and I, I should know this because I stared at them on the waiver wire for about 10 minutes, the both of them. But, I mean, listen, one guy had 160, one touchdown, another guy had 180 and two touchdowns. So, obviously, they're not missing Tyree Kill too much. I think Patrick Mahomes could make you look good. You probably could. I can get open. Okay. Well, let's we'll see if he catches. I, I got one. hands for days, for sure, dude. No, actually, right. I can, I can catch. Okay. <laughs> All right, Sean. <laughs> Not you in the NFL. Have, you don't have to keep justifying it. All right. So next up is the Rams versus the Saints. This game was over the second Drew Brees left the game. Teddy Bridgewater looked serviceable. Maybe they'll build the offense around him a little bit more. You know, to be honest, I would think about starting Taysom Hill. Ooh. I think you need a couple weeks for that because. You did pay Teddy Bridgewater a pretty good amount of money to be Keep a backup, there, yep. and you knew that there was a, and I'm sure he knew that there was a chance that Breeze eventually, you know, he's 40 years old. He, he, this is coming. I mean, torn ligament in his thumb, had surgery today, out six to six eight. to eight weeks. Um, but this is why you kept Bridgewater. I know he looked, I know he looked bad. I know he didn't play well. But to be perfectly honest with you, I think that team was defeated already when he came in. Uh, that was his first real live game action in a game that mattered in, what, four years? So I'm not ready to pull the plug on him yet. I still think the rest of that team is good enough to win. When I talk about them getting defeated, it was because the refs did it again to them. Now, I'm not saying that's totally why they lost. Just the same thing as the NFC Championship game. But how many times can this fucking happen? Cam Jordan picks up a fumble that was clearly a fumble runs 80 yards to the house, and it was blown dead as an incompletion. It was not an incompletion. It didn't even look like it. I was watching it in live time. I was like, that's not, he didn't have the ball in his hand, Jared Goff. Jordan picks it up, runs at the 80. They obviously reverse the call, but they can't give him the touchdown. So the Saints start with the ball, like I think believe it was their own 18 or their own 17, and nothing came of the drive. Just fucking awful. Can these refs just swallow their whistle, please? We saw it in the Charger game. Not we to saw mention, it in the Bronco you game. You review every scoring play, but that but it was called an incompletion. No, on that's the field. why I'm saying swallow yeah. your whistle because if right. you review every scoring play, you can overturn it the other way. Well, that's the thing. Let the guy score. Call the live ball. There was like there is no way that you could watch that in live time and definitively say, "Yep, that's an incompletion." And that's what I don't understand because I just said it. If you have the opportunity to make good on it, let the guy score and then overturn it if it's if it's uh definitive evidence going the other way. Totally agree These with you. These guys are so stupid. And another game that we're going to talk about where the refing was pretty terrible is in the Bears game. Yep. Against the Broncos. Real quick too on that Saints game. That game would have been different if that was a touchdown. Because it was still within reason there. Yeah, absolutely. And you had momentum. And Bridgewater probably would have played a little bit better. I think he's going to be a lot better with a week to prepare and knowing that he's the starter and all that good stuff. Usually the backups are. So another game, like I said, that got ref pretty badly, especially towards the end, was the Bears and the Broncos. Joe Flacco actually made a couple plays towards the end of the game. He looked really bad for about the first three and a half quarters. But, hey, he led him on that game-saving drive, and then he converted the two-point conversion. And then Mitchell Trubisky, who looks like he's never thrown a football in his life over the last two weeks, leads the guys down the field, and they give him one second left on the clock, enough to kick a field goal on a play where I I was just scratching my head. There was so much confusion there. And there was not a second left on that clock either. That was an absolutely chaotic end to that game. So Flacco leads him down, scores a touchdown in a game that was almost unwatchable. They go for two. 
they get a penalty called on them. So they're backed up. They're about to kick a field goal. And then, um, what's his name there for Chicago? There it is. Gets an offsides call. And then it it gives uh, Denver the ball uh, at like the two-yard line or whatever it was. And Flacco throws a good pass. They get get the two-point conversion. They take the lead. And then it's just like, you, how bad of a job you botched this every the, that's what bad teams do they they botched an opportunity for a win Chicago it would you know I think it was third down wasn't it third and ten mm-hmm. and he throws like a trubisky that is throws like a 35 yard pass down the middle of the field and they clock it and it looked like there wasn't enough time so the refs then had to look back they gave him one second and Eddie Pinero now the biggest hero in Chicago because it's a kicker that made a big kick. Nails it. And I was watching it on Red Zone. I was like, if he misses this, <laughs> this team is just going to be like the Chargers. And you can it doesn't matter who's who's kicking. You're not going to get it done. But they steal a game they shouldn't have won. It was an ugly-ass game. But they are 1-1. One one. Uh, Trubisky does look really bad, though. And that offense is not doing anything. All right. So let's move on to the last game. That's the Monday night game before we recap. Sunday night game. This is the Sunday night game. Excuse me. We talked about the Monday night game with the Jets. It's easy to forget that the Jets even played. I was trying to put it out of my brain. This game was tough to watch. Um, I watched a lot of this game as well. Neither team looked great, um, and the Eagles are, were just decimated by injuries. I mean, Wentz went out for a little bit into the concussion tent. Definitely had a concussion, but again, you know how that goes. Ribs, too. Still. He got killed yeah, a couple times. he got times. smacked a couple times. Um, but I think Vic Beasley got him pretty bad. And as well as Deshaun Jackson, he's out for two weeks. And then you had Alshon Jeffrey sit the game out. I don't even know. Dallas Goddard didn't play. I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody, but that still seems like a hell of a lot of guys. And Wentz still made went out there and made plays. Now, uh, Matt Ryan made a big play with Julio Jones. He made a great call at the line. He recognized the rush coming, and Julio obviously did what he did and ran for that touchdown. This run game looks terrible in Atlanta, um, I think. What, Devontae Freeman might have had like 15 yards on like 20 carries? Embarrassing. But nonetheless, they won. Their defense looks really, really good. They were flying around out there. Um, and as for the Eagles, I just like the fight that Carson Wentz had. I mean, he was – did you see the play where he was just completely parallel, getting uh, getting murdered by two people around his legs, and he still made about a 15-yard throw on a line? He looks really good. As long as he can stay healthy, that's always been the question about him. But – Again, if the Eagles can get their shit together, I think they're a wild card team. I did pick Dallas to win the division. I look like a genius right now, but again, it's week two. It's really funny because I have a totally different impression of this game than you did. Um, I don't think that the Eagles played very I don't think Wentz played great. He played, he battled, he made a couple really nice plays, but even through injuries and even when he looked fine, he was very inaccurate. Aguilar with that god awful drop when no, they had right a chance that. to come back. And that, that was, was terrible. Wentz's most accurate throw. Yeah, that was his best. And what it looked like to me was both quarterbacks and teams were just doing all they could to give the ball to give the other team a chance to win. Matt Ryan before that final drive. I mean, that interception he threw in the end zone. I think it was the second drive in the third quarter of the Falcons. Maybe it was even the first. And the interception he threw was you can't do that. 
I mean, that was an Eli Manning interception where you're driving the ball down the field and you just throw that interception. You're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, because you know as soon as he throws it, there's no chance that that's going to be a good result for if you're a Falcon fan. It just felt like they were both going back and forth trying to cough up the game. They're both talented enough to make big plays, so I'm not going to get you know caught up in Wentz doing this or Ryan doing this. You have explosive playmakers on the team, uh, on each team. What I took more was the hard hitting that both defenses had. Now, I don't think either defense was particularly great. Remember, Atlanta got torched in Minnesota in week one, and they came back. They definitely played with a higher level of intensity. There were some hard hits on both ends. I mean, Philly had a couple of shots on Atlanta playmakers that were just, you know, nasty. It looked, And they were clean. They weren't they weren't dirty hits. They were just nasty, clean hits. It actually looked like a throwback game as far as how in, how to watch good form tackling and hard hitting when you know ball meets hands. Um, I didn't think that game was nearly as entertaining. Um, it was kind of it was kind of embarrassing at times for both quarterbacks to be coughing the ball up left and right. But um, at the end of the day, a win is a win for Atlanta. I picked them to win my, uh, the NFC South and. Philly's got a lot of injuries. They got a lot of questions to answer, and you know it all hinges on on Carson Wentz. Absolutely. So that's about wraps up our recap of the last week. So let's go over the picks we had. So you went two and two. So did I. You picked Buffalo minus two at the Giants. I picked Buffalo. I took the Giants in that game. You got that one right. You look pretty smart there. Then you took Arizona um, against Baltimore at Baltimore. Plus 13 and a half. They kept that game close. Good mm-hmm. call there. You picked Philly, which was a one and a half point favorite in Atlanta. They lost that game. So tough one, especially with all those injuries. And then you took the lowly New York Jets. Minus two and a half. We didn't change our picks. We didn't change our picks, but even with even without the injuries and Sam Darnold having mono, I still don't think the Jets win that game. I was hoping for him. Of course. Wishful thinking. And Cleveland looked really bad in week one. Yeah, they did, but I knew they were going to turn it around a little bit better than that. So I took the Giants plus two against Buffalo. We all know how that one went. I also took the Dallas Cowboys minus five in Washington. I thought that spread was a little too low for them. I was right. They ended up winning the game by ten. I took the Jets. We don't have to talk about that anymore. And the sperm bank pick of the week, baby. I took the Indianapolis Colts plus three against Tennessee. I think Tennessee is a bunch of pretenders, and I was right. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, so let's move on to our picks for this week. We're going to start off with the locals as per usual. Um Tough one, tough one to pick this week. Tough couple to pick this week. All right, so let's lead off with your New York Giants, led by Daniel Jones. They are in Tampa Bay. Probably be about 110 degrees down there if I were to guess this time of year. Tampa Bay is a six and a half point favorite against your New York Giants. What say you? It didn't matter who was playing quarterback this week, so that doesn't change my opinion. I'm picking the Giants because this is their season. I felt like regardless of who was starting, if you go 0-3, your season's over. If you win, you're 1-2. You come back to host Washington. You feel a little bit better about things. Uh, this game's not going to be decided by the quarterback, at least by the Giants. Uh, this is going to be if the defense can actually get stops. Jameis Winston's a guy who's turnover prone. Um, so was Josh Allen, and they didn't really force any with him. Um, so you're going to have to pick off Winston or get him to fumble once or twice. This defense just needs to show me fucking something, man. There's no way it can continue to be as bad as it's been. Uh, if you want to look at a glass half full, at least they went from 35 points allowed to 28. Hey, so maybe it'll go down. down. Tampa's defense is not all that good. Um, 
Obviously, uh, Dallas is and, and uh, Buffalo is much better. So I'm going to pick the Giants to cover. This is their season right here. Um, Daniel Jones era begins. The defense needs to sure shit up. So I'm going to take the Giants. All right. I said I would never pick a Tampa Bay game again, but I'm forced this week because they are playing one of our locals. I think that if there's one thing that the Tampa Bay defense does have, it is a pass rush. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. They're probably going to send the house at him a couple times as well. He's not going to know what the fuck to do. And again, maybe Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer, and Byron Leftwich, the funny hat boys, can figure it out. Give me Tampa Bay minus six and a half against the New York Giants. I think this is a touchdown game. All right. All right. Let's look at New England playing my New York Jets. Running out who at quarterback again? Luke Falk. Luke Falk. The Luke Falk. He was the Washington State quarterback before uh, G. Minshew. Yeah, they're not the same. They're definitely not the same. So, New England is favored by 23 points this week. Give me the New England Patriots. I'm so happy you did that. I am too. I'm going to take the Pats. This game... The Patriots are on a mission. They have that. Don't they feel like they have that evilness in them, like they I did also in 07? I think that they haven't given up a touchdown yet this year, and I think they're gonna. They look at um, whoever the fuck the quarterback is. You said his name two seconds ago. Luke and Falk. Forgot. You better learn to know his name. He's, I don't he's playing for your fuck. team. No, my team's dead in the water already. I only care about my baby boy. Hugs and kisses, Sam. Jesus. Um. Maybe that's what got him mono. Yeah, possibly. Um. I don't think that they're. I think they're going to go for another no touchdown this week, and this feels like a forty to nothing game. It really does. Um, the Patriots do have that feel this year, like they did no seven, where when they got Moss and people were like, "Oh, you know, of course they got Randy Moss," and they just went for the jugular. And you know, Belichick has no love for the Jets, and this game's Not in Foxborough. I agree with you. I think they're going to make. Le'Veon Bell almost non-existent. If I were the Jets, I would almost think about not playing him more huh. than just the first quarter. Yeah. Um, rough way for Luke Falk to get his first NFL start. Uh, forty to nothing sounds about right. Absolutely. All right. So why don't we move to out of market? What do you have first? I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I actually am. Okay. I'm going to go to Dallas. The Ooh. Dallas Cowboys are a twenty-one point favorite at home against the Miami Dolphins who have given up 59 and 40 in consecutive weeks. And those were at home. Not that that matters that much, but that was at home. The Dallas Cowboys wiped the floor with the New York Giants defense. Yet somehow, I believe that the Dolphins defense, now that they traded Minka, might actually be worse. And that's hard to say. Then they torched uh, the lowly Redskins. The Dallas Cowboys are making statements. That offensive line is great, as I mentioned. The defense is real good. This feels like at least a three touchdown game, and I I'm picking this game. I don't know why, but I just have a feeling that this is going to be twenty one nothing in the first quarter. So give me the Dallas Cowboys, will Dallas Cowboys to cover the twenty one point spread in Jerry World. Okay, enjoy it while it lasts. Will they'll start playing real NFL teams soon. First game I got right before the uh, the big pick of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs at home. They're playing the Baltimore Ravens, and they are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, everybody's got Lamar Mania right now. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to say, I'm the fucking best quarterback that's ever been. 
And I like the Kansas City Chiefs to win by more than a touchdown. I think they're probably going to try and run up the score on Baltimore. That's fair. Um, I think that game's going to be a lot closer than you think, but I like the pick uh, at Kansas City, Mahomes. You know, maybe teach Lamar a thing or two. I'm going to go to Buffalo. We picked him the first two weeks. I'm just going to keep that rolling. They're a six-point favorite against Cincinnati. Cincinnati sucks. <coughs> Excuse me. They even got me choked up there. Um, Cincinnati's traveling to Buffalo. Bills Mafia. They have real reason to be excited about this team. Josh Allen playing well. Defense playing well. Uh, Andy Dalton did not play well against the 49ers. The Bills cover the six-point spread. They're home. They're beating up on Cincinnati in week three. All right, so that's a good pick. I probably should have taken that one, but I'm not. This is the ah, Sperm Bank pick go. of the week. Still no sponsor. I might have to win two weeks in a row to give a sponsor back. I haven't even spoken to myself about rehiring myself. I need to – Dino Hype actually sent out a statement saying we need to see much more improvement. You're a fucking pathetic joke. I said that in the email. All right. A little unprofessional from them. That, uh, well, what know. the hell can you do, you know? I mean, they're, they're, they're not paying for the segment anymore. No. I'm looking at Thursday night. Hey. I'm going over to Jacksonville. Jacksonville as at home with Gardner Minshew starting. My boy, the Minshew mustache. The guy who walks around in a jock strap and works out and has Crown Royal hanging from it. I fucking love it. I am going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are one-and-a-half-point underdogs, as my sperm bank pick of the week. I am not a big fan of the Tennessee Titans. I think Jacksonville figures out a way. Maybe they all hate Doug Marone, and they figure out a way. That old thing, oh, well, we all we hate each other, but we hate the coach a little bit more, so let's rally around. I think Jalen Ramsey, if he plays in this game, is going to really show everybody who he is. He's going to shut down whoever the best wide receiver is on Tennessee. You couldn't even tell me who that is, can you? It's not Corey uh, Davis. No, I can't. It's A.J. Brown, and he got shut down last week, and he's a little bit dinged up as well. I think that this is going to be a very, very, very close game, and I think Jacksonville wins it. It might be a 3 nothing game. Who the hell knows? It's a Thursday night. Yeah, and thank God this is the last week of the bad Thursday night games because they start getting better. I think it's Eagles-Packers in week four. Fox, okay. Fox starts picking up the games, not just NFL Network, and um, we'll actually have reason to watch. Ballsy pick, but I like it a lot. Those divisional games, and especially when one is at home. Um, you know, we didn't see that last week when Tampa went into Carolina, but you usually feel better about the home team. Um, I like the pick by you, bud. Thank you. Best of luck to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So, thus far, I am up one pick on Sean. Um, the fast food's going to be flowing, bro. The fast food is going to be flowing, oh, but it, the season it, is it young. Would, it would be flowing, all right. I don't want any part of that fucking fast food shit. <laughs> the season is young. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday with a Monday rundown. Go Yankees and go Gardner Minshew. Take care, guys. All right. All right.